Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. You are listening to the Inside Carolina Roundtable podcast. This is the over-under show, meaning I've got the legendary Buck Sanders. I've got the uh, John Legend, Taylor Vipolis. I've got Greg Barnes, the beat writer, and I've got Jason Staples, the Hobbit. We're sponsored by <laughs> T-shirt.com. Uh, folks, I'll freely admit this is my first podcast in a couple of weeks, so it might be a little rusty. Um, but we're going to do this in two parts. We're going to do an offensive and defensive over/under, um, heading into the off season of the next Carolina football season, which I believe is a hundred days from today up in Blacksburg with Virginia Tech and Carolina opening the college football season for the teams that matter. Buck, I'll come to you right out of the gate just to uh, – we'll start quick. We don't want to keep anybody up past their bedtimes, folks. For the record, it is after 9 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. Buck, let's get right to it. It's an offensive show. Uh, Carolina lost two absolute studs in the backfield. They replaced them with relative unknowns, though – Ty Chandler is somewhat known in another conference at another school. Uh, over under offense, rushing yards per game. Buck Sanders, I'm going to set the mark at 175. I'm going under, Tommy. I can provide commentary, but we'd like to get through this. I, I just think that uh, you're minus just here Williams so you don't get fined. Right. Just That's right. <laughs> Minus Williams and Carter, it's going to be tough for Carolina to repeat. Vip, I'll come to you. Uh, is 175, I mean, how much of those yards last year were Williams and Carter versus what's coming back on that offensive line? I think that is a, a fair point to make. I think a lot of the yards were a product of Williams and Carter being absolute beasts with the ball with their yards after contact. But you also don't have 2000 yard rushers in an offense if you don't have a somewhat competent offensive line. But I would have to agree with Buck in saying that I would definitely take the under on 175 just because you look at who this UNC team is bringing in to this running back room. It's a lot of unknowns. You have a guy like Ty Chandler who didn't even average 50 rushing yards at a school um, at Tennessee. So it's, it's just a lot of yards from a lot of unknowns. And that's why I would just say I would definitely lean on the under. Jason Staples, over under 175. I think this number might have come from you or it was in our Slack channel. Uh, 175 seems a little low given what Carolina has been able to do, um, especially last year. But – what you think? Really, really close. Um, the, the number that I'm looking at actually is not so much what they were able to do last year, but the year prior, I think, gives you a little bit closer sense because, I mean, in some sense, you know, Williams and Carter weren't Williams, weren't fully Williams and Carter in this offense yet, right? So that's that that uh, that's the one that I wanted to look at to to think about this, and that was they averaged 188 point one that uh two years ago 188.15 and so you know and but that that's still even though they weren't really adjusted into this offense and everything they still were the talents that they are and that was with a freshman howl that they were trying to really protect so 
I'm going to go with the under as well. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think it's going to be close probably, but um, I mean, if the offense is what, what everybody hopes it will be and expects that it should be, it should be close, but uh, because they'll be up enough in games that they'll start to get some late rushing yards. But I think they're going to be so leaning heavily on Howell and the passing game this year that, that you're going to see less emphasis with that and, and fewer rushing yards over the course of, you know, non-garbage time. And so I'm, I'm going to go with, with, 170, with under 175 as well. Interesting. That, that is, uh, if my math is right, that's three unders. Greg, uh, bring some sense to the discussion here out of the gate. Uh, if North Carolina averages fewer than 175 on the ground, uh, I don't know that they're going to be in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. North Carolina has averaged 188 yards or more on the ground five of the last 10 years. Uh, and while Larry Fedora and Phil Longo run different offenses, uh, both of them believe in the concept of balance. And so if, if Sam Howe's having to carry the load uh, more than uh, a significant percentage, I mean, there's going to be games, of course, where they're going to need him to do Sam Howe things. But if that's the case every single game, it's going to be a problem. Um, and I, I think with as good as this offensive line should be, and this could be one of the best offensive lines that North Carolina has had in a long, long time. Uh, I think that gives you a lot of opportunity for some of these young guys to make progress as the year goes along. Uh, Ty Chandler being the, the number one guy, but uh, they like some of these other kids as well. So uh, I'm going over, uh, not going to be like last year, but I do think it's going to be closer to 200 than 175. Uh, I'm riding with Greg Barnes. I think it'll be over <laughs> just because I know uh, the stat man when I see him. Uh, real quick, Jason, five yards per carry, over, under. I'm going to go with over on that. And the, the reason for that is I think teams are going to be so loaded up to stop Howell because of how they're going to be able to throw the ball that they're going to wind up right, right around uh, – I'd say five, I would, if I had to guess like five, one or five, two per carry. I mean, last year they were uh, 5.75 and the prior year uh, we're looking at, um, sorry, looking at my stats here. Uh, lost my spot. There we go. They were at 4.63 the prior year with teams loaded up to stop them with a freshman howl. And I think the biggest difference you've got, you've got a veteran offensive line and you've got a team where, you know, if you've got defensive coordinators are going to try to make you make you uh, left handed, they're going to they're going to actually try to force team force Carolina to beat them on, on the ground at times. So uh, I think they'll be a little above that. Uh, I felt uh, when I saw five point eight from last year, I said, wow, it seemed like a lot more than that. Buck over under five. I know I'm saying I like the pessimist, pessimist tonight, but I'm going under five, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we, we bounce back and forth for a lot of good reasons. 2020 stats are pandemic stat, stats. You know, they, they have a little bit of a, uh, you know, asterisk beside them because, you know, their teams would have defenders out and this, that, and the other. Um, so I'm going to go under. Uh, five yards of carry. Set the bar low. It's easy to jump. Vip, over under five. I'm going to say 
over five yards to carry. They don't have anybody like Carter or Williams who has that make you miss ability. Like Carolina averaged 5.8 yards per carry last year, but Javante was at 7.3. Michael Carter was at eight. I think with some combination of running backs in the room, they have enough talent to get over that five yard mark and they're bringing back five offensive linemen. And then I also think you have to kind of factor in how creative Phil Longo can get in this offense with a guy like Josh Downs. I think if you get Josh Downs out wide on some of these jet sweeps, that's a a chance to pick up a lot of yards on the outside of the number. So I'm going to say over five. Interesting. That's a good point. That's a good point about Josh. But, but still 5.8, given what you said, Buck and, and all that still seems low from last year. So I think five is a pretty easy bar. I'm going to go over, Greg. And I think one, this other is, thing, but real quick, are we talking without uh, sack yardage or not? So, I mean, this is that's the other question. Right. I'm looking at I'll... the final season stats. It, will it be over five or under? That's all that, that I saw. I'm keeping it simple. Yeah. You know, in, in, uh, you know, we're talking about 2020 stats, you know, in, uh, 2019, they averaged 4.63. Right. So, uh, you know, five, if you're, if you're running, if you could run five yards of carry, you're doing a pretty doggone good, you know? So, um, Virginia, the year they went to the ACC, uh, or went to Charlotte, uh, they had almost no running game to speak of besides Bryce Perkins. So, um, one of the reasons I, I don't even I think they average four a game. One of the reasons I bring that up is that is that um, if you reduce the number of sacks on the year, that has a huge impact on that number. So, right. anyways, well, I'm sure it's going to count the sack yardage because we've it got, will we've count. Got an app. Yeah. We got an app for that. We got yeah. down the line sacks allowed over under. It plays. It's, yeah. all, it's all relative. Greg, is it over or under five? And then we're going to go rapid fire on leading rusher and leading rusher numbers per game. All right, Tommy, uh, how many yards per carry did Alabama average last year? Ballpark. Six. 5.00. Wow. Right. That's a tough mark. Now, granted, there's 30 teams that, that did five or better last year. I think that's just a, that's a – Hi, Mark. Um, I do think the sack yardage is, is going to help because I think Howell will be sacked fewer times. Um, but I, I'm going to go under. Uh, I think it's going to be very close, but, but I, I think it'll be just a hair under five. Interesting. So, uh, Greg, I'll come back to you first. Who's the leading rusher on the team, and how many yards per game does he average? So, we've got a, an over-under on the number, but I want a name as well. I think certainly going to be Ty Chandler, uh, and I'll put him at 85 yards per game. Vip. Yeah, I would go with Ty Chandler too, just because it seems like right now he's going to get the most opportunities, and I would say somewhere somewhere around that 90 ballpark. But yeesh, uh, a lot of these are hard, uh, but I do think it'll be Ty Chandler, and. Um, I'm going to go with 85 again, Jason. And I'm uh, this again, Buck's right. This is, this is really difficult, um, but I'm going to go with Chandler. I think that's your smart money because I mean, that's, that's who they're expecting to be the the primary guy. I'm really tempted to go with hood though. 
Um, I'm going to go with Chandler, but I'm going to put him at about 65 a game because I think they're, I think you're going to see some some other guys get a lot of carries over the course of the year, and uh, and you're you're going to see fewer carries concentrated, say, in the hands of two, uh, and so you'll you'll get fewer yards per game from the leading rusher, but uh, but a little bit of good efficiency from a couple other guys. Interesting. Do you have a, and Greg, I'll ask you this since you're a stat guy. And by the way, the Knicks have come all the way back. That's crazy. Um, can you have a big time running back a big time running game, Greg, and only have one guy averaging like 65 yards a game? I mean, do you need a guy to be having pushing a hundred to be looked at whatever the stats say um, and do it. And if we're on Ty Chandler as the main guy, who's, the second guy, I, I vote Hood there. A lot of lot of work in that question, Greg. I think it's a I think it's a a good question. Um, very rarely do you have a team that can split evenly reps between two guys and have success. The fact that Carter and Williams, I think, were separated by one carry last year is just remarkable. It speaks to kind of what they did. Um, we don't have to get into this, but I, I am curious uh, with with Buck and and Taylor's thoughts. Uh, I said 85 because I think Ty is, I mean, if you average 85 yards per game over 13 or 14 games, I mean, you're going to be over a thousand yards. Right. But I think that's because he's going to get the majority of the reps. Um, I do think there's going to be other guys that get some snaps. I think he's going to have to really carry them though. Um, To Jason's point, I think other guys are going to get opportunities, especially early. And you have so many young guys that are trying to figure out where they fit. Um, I liked what I saw out of Hood for sure. Um, they like DJ Jones as well, if he can stay healthy. So I think those guys would probably be my two that are number two and number three. And just because DJ is a guy we've heard a lot about, uh, he would be my number two guy at this point in time. Interesting. This is something we'll debate all year, um, or especially leading up to the season is, is who's the guy. I mean, I don't think they bring Ty Chandler in the sit, um, but I think, Somebody um, that may have not been there last year is going to be number two. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, let's go to the big one. And before I forget, rate us, review us, subscribe, follow all the, the podcast apps and YouTube channel. Um, you know, you got to do it. It helps us out and it helps uh, Inside Carolina out. And for the Inside Carolina subscribers, it gets the content straight to your doorstep. So when we're a little sketchy getting podcasts out during the summer, you're subscribed, you get them immediately. They come to your feed. And also support Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Right, uh, visit them online and in-store on Franklin Street. Great folks. 10% off, too, if you're a member of Buck Sanders' special premium inside Carolina boards. It's a great place to be. Great place to keep up with all the latest news, especially this time of year. All right, let's go. Sam Howell, over-under passing touchdowns. Jason, I've got it at 35 over or under? I'm going with the over. And I, and I think comfortably. Oh, comfortably uh, I, I, over 35. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think you're going to see closer to 40 uh, from him this year. But uh, the, the hard part there is that, you know, we really need a per game number on that because it, whether you go to the ACC title game impacts that, right? Whether you, you know, hey, what happens if you go to the playoff? Um, you know, those are things that you have to think about. I, I, I don't think playoff is, is 
really that realistic, but I think the ACC title game is, is well within reach for this group. And you add another game where he's probably going to have another couple. And I think that puts him over comfortably. I think he's going to be over, over 35. So Vip, I'll come to you second. So give me um, your over under on the season at 35, but then give me a, a, what you think an over under for a game might be. I'll set, well, I'll tell you what, I'll set that at three per game. Uh, Yikes. That's a lot. I would say over on the 35, um, you just you just look at how he's kind of progressed as a quarterback. Now, he didn't have as many passing touchdowns um, as his true freshman year where he had 38, and then he followed that with 30. But I think when you look at this team and kind of going off the points that we just made about the rushing game, like this is the Sam Howell show right now. And kind of like we were talking about off air, like if North Carolina is in the, the playoff discussion, and Howell is in the Heisman discussion, there's going to be a lot of padding on those stats at the end of the games and trying to run those numbers up. So I would say over three touchdowns per game and then over 35 touchdowns overall, just because I think that this is going to be the Sam Howell show this year, basically. I think I agree with that. But you said yikes. Three is a lot, but. Yeah, remember, you know, think back to the days when, you know, a UNC quarterback would throw for three touchdowns during a game. We're like, wow, that's awesome. Now you're talking about averaging <laughs> that many, you know, I mean, uh, that's pretty crazy. If you think about it, um, are we counting the bowl game by the way, for the seasons? Yeah, we're, we're, I think we're counting it all. Uh, okay. But, um, you know, end, end of season stats that I'm looking at right here for 2020 included so every not end game. of regular season. All right. All right. Cause 14 games. You only have to average 2.5 to get the over here. Yeah, 13 games, um, 2.75 per game, you'll get over 35 touchdowns. Counting one bowl game. I mean, that didn't count if they go to Charlotte and then a bowl game. Obviously, that number would be higher. It would be closer to 40. Uh, but um, three is an awful lot uh, per game. Uh, to Mark be averaging through 24 touchdowns yeah. in 2015. Yeah. And, I mean, and, we he was, and we thought he was a touchdown machine, you yeah. know, uh, but he yeah, ran he for more, a bunch more, there. Yeah. He was, he was more, he ran for more. So he was responsible for more, uh, for more touchdowns right. overall than just the, the, the rushing t- or than the, than the passing touchdowns. So, yep. Am I ridiculous yeah. to think that he can do three a game? There was four guys that did it last year. Mac Jones. Did Mac Jones Mac do Jones, it? Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, uh, Dylan Gabriel, UCF, and then uh, Carson Strong at Nevada. So Somehow great. averaged 2.5 last year. Yeah. Thank you. I think he's um, just above 2.5 this year. I, I think I, I think he'll be over two point five per game, but I, I think it'll be something short of three. Uh, you know, even though uh, we expect the running game obviously to you know take a a step back, you know they're they're not going to give up running the ball. You know, I mean they're still going to try to run the ball, and uh, so you know, uh, I would put the uh, I would go with the under on three a game. Now it might be get close to that number, but 
averaging three a game is a lot. Um, so I'm going to go with something less than three. I'm with Buck there. Now, I will say this. When you're a coordinator and you know that you don't have Javante Williams in the backfield, you do call it a little differently when you get down into the red zone. And let's say you're on the, you know, 15, 12 yard line. You do call it a little bit differently knowing that, you know, if you get down on the three or four yard line, you're less likely to just be able to turn and hand it to somebody and know he's going to get in. So you're probably going to throw in for a few more in there. So the counter to that, which is interesting, uh, Mac was very adamant that he, he didn't really like all the RPO options in the red zone last year. Uh, he, he wants to be able to say it's third and two or third and goal in the three. Run the day. We're going to run it in. That's right. <laughs> we want to run here. We're going to run it. Um, it's easy to say if you got, like Jason said, if you got Javante behind you, then have at it. Uh, but, but that, that dynamic will be interesting. Yeah. Mac may want that, but right. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, <laughs> but, that's, know, that's my feeling on it too. Can do. That's where Caleb Hope so, com- comes in, I guess. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Well, Greg, hit me up with a stat. How, when Howell went off, and I think I think he went off against Virginia, and he ended up having to throw for a ton of yards. Carolina didn't do as well in those games as a team, right? Or am I mistaken? No, you're right. So that 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 worries me a little bit. I, I believe that for my stats purposes, I believe that Howell's going to go nuts this year. I, I think he's going to throw for um, close to 4K and maybe like Jason said, 40 yards. And I think that will play into our Heisman discussion at the very end, but can he do that? And Carolina still win football games. I think they have to run the ball to win anyway. Uh, but this question is for you. Uh-huh. How, many, how many touchdowns will a backup quarterback for North Carolina throw for? I've, I've set five. Tommy special. Number. <laughs> I want to know who come up with that question. Who was it now? That was uh, Mr. Staples up there in the back. Uh, uh, and, and that was uh, just for your uh, enjoyment, I guess, Tommy. You have to keep the host happy. He comes back to yeah. you when he's happy. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to put uh, the over and under at one, and I'm not sure uh, I would take the under. Uh, I, I, we'll see. Is it, I mean, is we'll this see. this for a game or is this for the year? This for is the for the year. For year. Bryce, Bryce Young had one touchdown pass last year for Alabama. I mean, yeah. And you know, if, if you've got a huge lead on somebody and you're bringing in the, the back of a quarterback, he's not slinging it all over the field. You know, he's going to do like, uh, Chris Will did last year. He's going to hand the ball off. I mean, how many even attempts did Chris Will have last year? It had to be like maybe less than 20. He had four. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. He uh, only had four passing attempts. So, if you're going to set the over and 20. under, if you're going to set the over and under at five, uh, then uh, he's going to have one more touchdown pass than he has attempt. And I think that's hard to do. So, all uh, quarterbacks not named Howell last year had nine attempts. And yeah. that includes Toe Groves. With that's right. With yeah. the whopping 438.4 efficiency rating. In, yeah. in two years, uh, Carolina has two non-passing Sam Howell touchdowns, and they're both toe grope. So I, I would definitely take under under one. I would take under <laughs> under a half for sure. 
Really? Even in, <laughs> even in 2018, when North Carolina was a disaster offensively, the backups had three touchdowns. Well, who were the backups in 18? I mean, Kate Fortin, Chase Reuter, and Manny Miles, right? <laughs> the, the Hail Manny. Was that one of them? Yeah, that's right. Chat, don't yeah. forget Chad. <laughs> Don't forget Chaz Surratt. Chaz Surratt was was uh, was also both the backup and a starter at that point, but he also didn't yeah. have any passing touchdowns. Well, that was the year they only played one game because he got hurt. But, yeah, the year before him and Elliott split. But you really have to go back to that point. Over the last decade, I mean, the only time that you saw the backup get a lot of touchdowns was Mitch Trubisky because he played a lot. In 15. Right, and 14. Yeah. And then in 13, when Brandon got hurt and Marquise had to take over. So, yeah. so my, my mark at five is ridiculous. Is we all agree. Bad yeah. sign. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if Hal gets hurt, yeah. You know, but. don't You can't bring that up here, man. Well, They're going to be replaying this podcast and say it was <laughs> Sanders mojo. Well, I, it's, yeah. There's no way out of that hole for me. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> all right. So five is ridiculous. We'll go way under. We'll go. Vip was going to go a half. So we'll set <laughs> the over under, but that is crazy. I just can't imagine that a guy like Drake may, or even Quishwell are not even going to get opportunities this year. I just, well, think, they'll get well, opportunities the to get in the game, but they're just not going to start, you know, trying to drop dimes when they're up by 21, you know, uh, and there's the other factor that you have to consider here is, and this is what VIP was talking about earlier is if, if Howell, if they're winning games and they're winning big and Howell's really in the thick of the Heisman discussion, Mac Brown knows how important it would be to have a Heisman winner for North Carolina in terms of future recruiting and everything else. And if it's a choice between, one more drive, maybe letting Howell have an opportunity to throw a fifth touchdown that that drive or putting the backup in and maybe giving him a few reps to throw the ball around. Which one do you think is going to get going to get chosen in a potential Heisman campaign? Yeah, you know, uh, I'll take the devil's advocate point on it, which is uh, you're trying to get to Charlotte and hopefully into the playoffs. That's what your goal is, right? And if Mac Brown leaves Sam Howell in all four quarters for the Wofford game and, uh, how all of a sudden turns an ankle, you know, uh, 180 degrees and can't play the rest of the season. Come on, man. I mean, Michael how would Mac... in figure eight? Yeah. Yeah. Who... <laughs> how is Mac going to feel about that? You know, it might be, yay, go how, but you know, he, he also knows how important it is to win and you're out by 21 points, you're coasting, you take that guy off the field. I mean, he's your, I don't want to say entire offense, but you know, he's their entire offense. <laughs> and the other part so, of it is Mac has been up front and saying, look, we do not expect Sam Howell to return in 2022. I don't think any of us does, but when that happens, you've got to have somebody re ready to step in. And because they did not get these guys a lot of opportunities last year, at what point does the coaching staff say, okay, we don't like to pull our starters into the fourth quarter. That's what Mac has said. But if we're up 28 points 
on a team that really has no chance to come back on us, do we go ahead and start rotating some guys in, whether it be Drake or Chriswell, just to give them opportunities to be able to build on for the next year? Because we're going to need them. I think you do if you're going to run your offense with those guys. If you're just bringing them in to hand the ball off, what's the point? You know, agreed. Uh, So, I mean, I think just us here talking uh, brings up how difficult some of these decisions are. I mean, do you leave Hal in to, you know, help boost his Heisman campaign? Or are you trying to get him out there as soon as possible so you'll have him, you know, for the, uh, hopefully the championship game or, you know, a New York six or playoff game. These aren't, you know, easy questions a lot of times. So there's no one right answer. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, there, there's right answers in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's really let, easy to let go, how yeah, twist really his ankle in that. Him on that field. Let, let how t- twist his ankle in that Wofford game. And you'll find out what a wrong answer is. Let me, let, let me look, I had how Heisman position last, but I'm going to jump it up right here because I want to ask the group, the question, what's more realistic for this team, Sam, Howell winning the Heisman or Carolina getting to the playoff? What is a more realistic situation? Jason, you can go, you're grinning. I think it's more realistic that Howell wins the Heisman than this team makes the playoff. I think one may not happen without the other. There, there's some truth to that. But the the reason I say that is you still have to deal with Clemson. Oh. And, you, you you know, Howell could go out there and throw for 45 touchdowns. I mean, it's not out of the question. I mean, in terms of, of what he's capable of doing. And then the team still wind up with three losses just depending on other injury, there's still enough spots on the roster that have some, some thin areas where, if, you know, two guys go down the wrong, you know, the wrong week, you, you struggle to win that game. And now, you know, you're, you're in a different position. It's just so hard to make the playoff when you're, when you're, especially when you're in a conference with a team that has been the 800 pound gorilla for a little while. So, I'm going to go with it's more likely that Howell would win the Heisman than that they'd make the playoff. But I mean, it's not by a ton. I just, I, that's, that's what I would say was probably more likely. Vip, what do you think? If I had to choose one, I think it's more likely that Howell wins the Heisman than Carolina makes the, the playoffs. But kind of like Buck said, I think those two kind of go hand in hand because if Carolina makes the playoffs, it means they got past Clemson in the ACC championship. And I, you really don't see too often the Heisman going to somebody not on uh, one of the playoff teams, no matter what you're doing stat-wise, number-wise. Um, so I, I think they kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. So I, But if I had to lean one, if, if Sam Howell puts up video game numbers, then maybe it could be too much to ignore if, if you have a lot of down years for everybody else that is in playoff consideration um, individually. But, uh, yeah, I, I would uh, tend to side with Buck there. Greg Barnes, same vein. What is more important for the program? What would be more important for the program, a Heisman or a playoff trip? Oh, I think it's definitely a playoff trip um, because even if Howe doesn't win the Heisman, 
I think it's going to be in New York, especially if North Carolina gets to the playoffs. And you can sell that just as well. Uh, but for this program that's struggled and hasn't won a ACC championship since 1980, uh, you know, to get to the playoff, that means you've won the ACC championship game. It's, it's hard to uh, it's hard to blow smoke on that kind of stuff. You you can sell the heck out of that, and Mac will, and uh, I think that's the. I mean, you can sell a lot just getting to the ACC championship game, but but actually winning it and getting to the playoff. Uh, that does a ton for your standing nationally and and obviously on the recruiting trail. All right, let me take a short break. Let the national guys pay the bills. We're going to come back to reality when we come back on the Inside Carolina Roundtable podcast, the Over Under Offense Edition. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, boys, we're back. That's Jason Staples, fellow bald head, Buck Sanders, Taylor Vipless, and Greg Barnes, all blessed with hair. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. This is InsideCarolina.com over under podcast. Back to reality. Buck Sanders, sacks allowed on the season. I've set the number at 30. Is that ridiculous? Is it too low or is it too high? You know, I, I think probably what we ought to do is go per game, uh, sacks per game rather than on the season. Uh, cause there could be a big difference in that number. Um, so you know, is, our, uh, is it three? Is that our number? Per three. Game? Yeah. I'd say three is what we had last year. I think, uh, let me look real quick. Two, 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 two point eight three. Yeah. yeah. So let's go two and a half. Well, no, nah, I don't do that. Do, let's go three over under three per game. Well, if it's going to be over and under on three a game, I'm going under, um, you know, I, I think hopefully they can nudge that number, uh, from 2.83 to somewhere around, uh, less than two and a half. They should be able what, to. What it- what if what if what if we did put it at two point five? I think that's a much more interesting number. Uh, I agree. Three, you know, you're you're entering the stratosphere there. Of, well, my question uh, would be, what is a good number? I mean, zero clearly, but what is a real? Well, Clemson number? had one point six seven. They had less than two. That's a really good number. number. If you go less than two, that's a good number. Okay. So UNC uh, only allowed ten sacks in two thousand eighteen. Really. Yeah, that, that, I think that was more of an offensive design, really. For sure, but, for sure. Uh, uh, no, I mean, nationally, though, if you're, if you're looking at it, there was uh, seven teams that allowed that gave up uh, fewer than one sack, than a sack per game. 
And then if you get down to two, there was 40. Uh, no, that's actually a lot. Say 55 that, that allowed two or fewer. So is two our number? Or is it two and a half for this Carolina team? Because two we and a half is a fair number. Yeah, we talked about it, and there's no real way to quantify it. Is a lot of them in the past two years were Howell's fault, holding the ball too long. So we'll say two and a half. Let's go quick, rapid, over under, Jason. Two and a half. Under. I think that's where the biggest improvement for Howell is this year, and it's where it should be. Buck, are you under two and a half or are you over two and a half? Yeah, I think I'm going to go under. Vip. Uh, I would go over two and a half. Um, I, I still think even if you're just over two and a half, it's still a, a pretty drastic improvement from where they were last year. But um, I just think with this, with the system I've heard at times it, it could get a little complicated in, in pass protection. So I'll say over two and a half. Barnes, you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm under um, with Jason. Just with the idea, I think Hal makes significant improvement in that area this year, and I think the offensive line is going to be really good. All right, interceptions. And, and we we keep talking about is this going to be a per-game deal or whatever, but let's go on the season interceptions. Hal had seven last year. What do you have first year? Six? I can't remember. Seven as well. So, yeah, you, that's right. You did say that. So, he's had seven both seasons. Jason, is he over or under seven? I think I'm going to go with the over. Buck. Uh, I, I, yeah, definitely over with the, for me, it's uh, due to um, a combination of a few newer receivers. You know, they're probably a, an, an extra mix up or two here and there. And then also uh, I think he's going to be making some throws that, you know, are more NFL throws at times. And sometimes you have to take a couple chances to, to, to do some of that as you become a mature quarterback and, and he'll be asked to do a little bit more, which will lead to it. I think a couple more. Valid. But what do you think? You know, um, I, I understand in a lot of ways. I agree with Jason's, um, thoughts there, but I think I'm going to go under, uh, you know, he, he didn't have any experience with those receivers in, uh, 2019 and through, seven touchdowns and so you, you would expect a uh third year quarterback uh to know when to throw the ball away uh you know to not uh, go into those tight windows the the thing is that's going to still a wild card for me is how many tight ball games are they going to be in when how is their only chance to win him finding a way to, and, you know, taking risks like that, that's where you get those interceptions thrown. So I, I'd be interested to see how that plays out. But I think from a skill set, he's certainly capable of uh, dropping that number to five or less. Greg, your take on it. I mean, I, I think, and we talked about the receivers. I think drops plays a lot into it because there were at least two this year that I remember one in the Syracuse game. That's probably a drop that turns into an interception. So it sort of blends there. So over under seven interceptions, and then I'm going to set the drop number at 20 this season. Uh, what do you think on both of those numbers? I'm going under on the interceptions. Uh, I agree with Buck and, 
I was able to watch all three scrimmages in spring practice and uh, kids phenomenal. So if you look at I mean, the BC game, there was kind of a, a funky play where it got tipped and somebody intercepted it. I mean, very rarely is he making throws that are just bad throws that, that are easily picked off. Um, so I, I'm going under on that and then drops. Uh, I think that 20 is a good number. Um, I'm going to go over just because I think Carolina's going to throw the ball a bit more this year. And because you do have some younger guys in play, uh, there's going to be more, more miscues. I mean, you know, Josh Downs had a big drop in the orange ball, right? So I'm going to go a little bit over 20. Was it Josh, Josh or Chaffrey? Chaffrey. When both of them, didn't both of them have drops? I mean, Chaffrey had, had the long one. I know Green had a drop. Somebody had a drop on a third down, didn't they? I can't remember. Somebody will correct this uh, this pro, pro Football Focus credits uh, Daz with a drop, uh, Choffrey with a drop, and Green with a drop that game. Okay. I think they were all pretty big. Well, I rescind my criticism, Josh, if you're watching. <laughs> yeah, we, we, will, we will get oh, you. Oh, you know, backing out now. We, you know, we get <laughs> – once you say something, it's out of the barn then. Maybe you were just thinking of the one in the uh, early in the spring game. <laughs> what is that? So drops. So we're going under 20. Let's go quickly here. Buck, over under 20 drops. I think, for the record, people listening, 32 and 19 with Daz Diami, um, 18 last year. And, and we talked a lot about it in 19, how it was a bad I- issue. Um, is it? Was it their issue or is it a young receiver issue over under 20 buck? I'm, I'm going to go uh, over. Uh, I think it, it's going to help to have uh, Corrales back. Uh, and Walston has pretty reliable hands. So I think he'll get a few more touches this year. But, you know, you've got some guys that just uh, you don't know how what their mindset is going to be like if they get in a big game and uh, – it gets real, real important for them to catch the ball. Sometimes that's um, counterproductive. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go over 20 on the drops. All right. We're, that's enough negatives. We're not going to talk about negatives anymore. I skipped you guys, but we're leading receiver per game. And, Jason, I'll, I'll do it this drops, way. By the way. <laughs> Had to get it but in. Close. Which, Had, to. Had to be negative. Uh, leading receiver per game. And we're not we're, – We'll talk about a particular player. Well, go ahead, throw your player in. I've got leading receiver per game with six and yards at 100. We'll keep those numbers simple. Jason. Okay, so the leading receiver last year was five. Was five point, what, five, uh, just, at, just at five, yeah, five. Um, six per game. I'm going to go with a push because I think right around six is what I would have downs at, and I think he's going to be well over 100 yards a game. Yep. So if I had, if I, if pressed, I'm going to say maybe, maybe over on the six, but it's going to be real close to six. I think that's, that's a really good number. Uh, right on, right on six catches a game for well over a hundred yards a game for him. I think so for know, the record, we're going, we're going push and over. Yeah. hundred, 105, 110 yards a game for, for Josh Downs. I think he's going to have a season, man. Yeah. I would say, I would say over on receptions, um, I, I just think you could get a lot of cheap yards with somebody like Josh Downs on the outside, throwing, throwing those quick swings and almost like an extension to the run game. Um, just trying to pick up four or five yards at a time, just on the, the swings. 
Um, and then in terms of receiving yards, I would say, I would say over, you kind of saw the, the blueprint in the orange bowl with how he could just beat the defense deep and how can buy enough time to kind of find him and lead him on a great pass. So I would say over on both those receiver numbers, but I also do like, I like downs as the, the one receiver, but I also think Bo Corrales could be kind of that threat as the other one, as somebody who could just go up and get it. If, if he does have uh if he does come back healthy, which he should come back fully healthy. Um, but I do like Bo Corrales kind of as, as my sleeper for being the, the number one receiver, just because of how easily he could kind of pick up yards over a smaller cornerback. But where are you at over under six and a hundred? And I do like the Bo Corrales comments. I mean, if he's fully healthy, this receiving core could be nasty, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm a little hesitant, but I'm going to go over six. I mean, there was only like 27 guys that were over six or six better, six or better uh, last year. Um, but, you know, that we, nobody played a complete season. So, well, let's look at 2019. What was Devonta Smith last year winning the Heisman? How many catches a game? Oh, he had like a gajillion. Uh, nine. And uh, – Kid from Ole Miss, Elijah Moore had ten a game. Can you imagine? Almost eleven, ten point eight. Uh, and that's the same wow. kind of same kind of receiver, really, as Josh Downs. Uh, mm-hmm. Slot guy, real quick. Uh, uh, yeah, he had uh, almost eleven catches at one hundred fifty yards a game. Uh, so uh, why can't and, Downs and do that? Why is Downs not that guy this year for Carolina? Yeah, we'll see. But he's um, – what else Ole Miss had, I don't know, uh, besides more. Um, Both recruited by Longo. Yeah. Uh, the next best receiver on the team only had 524 yards. So uh, – and only 3.5 – catches a game, which – is shocking if you think about it that everybody that's playing Ole Miss knows, you know, they got really one receiver. All we got to do is blanket this guy. And he still gets almost 11 catches a game and 150 yards. And, and I guess that's how you draw it up these days on a chalkboard, right? So brings back uh, a certain comment from a certain host on this podcast that said, there's no way one guy's going to beat Carolina. Yeah. Oh, God. Is it, Mercy. Campanello's still running, isn't he? <laughs> Campanero's got like 75 <laughs> catches. I, I think I think he just caught another one while we were talking. <laughs> Valid point. Greg, is uh, is six and 100 a good spot for this Carolina team? And to Taylor's point, does Corrales come on and, and be the 1A guy? Well, I'm already on record from months ago that Bo Corrales is my – breakout player of the year offensively um you boys are on the hype train uh for a kid that had seven <laughs> catches last year did he only have seven catches that's what yeah. we were talking about he had like at least 10 or 11 touchdowns and it was three yeah seven catches for 119 yards um so talk us off it so over, over the last two years uh daz newsom's the only one that's had six yards 
over six catches per game in 2019. Now, look, in 2019, since Daz plays the same position, second team all ACC had 72 catches per game, 85 yards per game. But what stands out about what Daz did his junior year was that he was tied for the most deep touchdown passes by a slot receiver in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. And he had 13 deep catches, which led the country by a slot receiver. Um, I don't know how somebody's going to be better than that working out of the slot. I mean, Sam Howell's strength is his ability to throw the deep ball. And so that's where you see guys like Choffrey Brown and Bo Corrales, Antoine Green. They're really going to be able to step up and, and fill that void that Deami Brown uh, you know, left. And I think you'll see those guys' numbers really drastically increase. If he's having to do nothing but um, throwing a Josh Downs over the middle, then you're really taking away a key component of what this offense does so well and what Sam does so well, and that's the vertical shots down the field on the sidelines. That's those 80-20 balls that used to be 50-50 balls. Um, Didn't Downs it, catch like a 75-yarder in the Orange Bowl? I, you know, I, I think did. Downs will have an opportunity to get deep. You know, For sure. Well. And, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like Daz times in the spring game, you've actually, <laughs> Craig, you've actually talked me into going with the over on the catches. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, you're, and on you're those, building on the, the hype train, Greg. Come and, on. And, and on the slot uh, comparison, Daz Newsom had 72 catches on a year out of the slot in Longo's first season. Man, that was saying, his first Daz. season with a freshman quarterback. Yeah. And I don't think Daz is nearly as – especially Daz that year is nearly as good as, as what Downs will be. I'm on the hype train here. I, I'm going to admit it. I, I think that right. kid's the truth. I'm well, under I'm under on both. Going off that point <laughs> with the hype train, um, Downs had a great orange ball numbers-wise with, with a couple touchdowns, but you look at it, six wide receivers played, and he had the fewest snaps. He only played 15 snaps, so it's kind of worrying there, and I guess the, the viewpoint is that he's going to take a lot of Daz's snaps, and every time Mac Brown had a chance to talk during the spring, it was Josh Downs, Josh Downs, Josh Downs, but to Greg's point, you look at Downs' numbers last year, and he really wasn't on the field that much. Only had seven game. catches, three of them of touchdowns. How That's much a pretty does, good ratio. So how much does one game touchdowns on the season for, for Josh Downs? <laughs> I've set the over under for TD catches for Josh at 10. Yeah. Greg thinks that's crazy. Am I accurate, Greg? Yes. <laughs> the over may, and under maybe is crazy. 10? Maybe yeah. crazy is, is a little strong, but. 10 yeah. touchdowns for downs, 10 or less, yeah. 10 or more. That's the over Ooh. under. I've said that as the over under. Mm, I got to well, go with the under there, but I don't want to because I know Newsom had 10 two years ago. And again, I think Downs is going to be more productive than him. Dang, I hate going with the under, but it's just the, it's the percentage play. I felt like Diami was catching a touchdown every other pass, and he only had nine last year. Was that accurate? I'm going yeah. over. I'm going. I'm riding it. I'm going over. Vip, what do yeah. you think? Over under. Yeah. I'm taking the under. That boys are depressing. But what do you, you want to throw some more? Shade? Double digit touchdowns. That's that's a ton that's of touchdowns. Really hard. I mean, you went, look. I will not be surprised if he goes double digit touchdowns at all. But I I just it's not. I can't bet it as a percentage bet. 
This stuff is not in a vacuum, though. You've got Howell throwing 40 touchdowns. Hey, yeah, Tom, that's a 30. very fair point, too. And I was talking about this in a column. <laughs> Athlon came out with the all ACC uh, list, and they had Howell, you know, obviously is the first team all ACC quarterback. And the first receiver they picked, a UNC receiver they picked was Josh Downs, but they didn't pick him until the fourth team. So UNC has the best quarterback. Who's catching all those balls, Athlon? You know, so if he's going to throw for, you know, 4,000 yards or 3,800, somebody is going to, you know, have a pretty good season out of that from a receiver standpoint. So. Tommy, there have been five North Carolina Tar Hill receivers who have caught 10 or more touchdowns in a single season in school history. Chucky Burnett and Jason Stanisak, who was great, and Bryn Renner, who was pretty good, and Nathan Elliott aren't playing quarterback this year. Sam Howie It's also a different era. It's a different era. I mean, you know, nobody – Five, nobody even 10 years ago was putting up numbers like what you just you were just quoting about uh, uh you know about what's his name from the slot of, at Ole Miss I mean nobody was putting those numbers up as a receiver if so stays a different down, era if they if Downs is healthy all season and he's fourth team all ACC I'll eat my hat on this and I, I hope he is as good as you boys think he is seriously well, you I, think he's better than fourth team all ACC I think if Howell throws for 40 touchdowns or 35 to 40 touchdowns, Carolina will have a wide receiver <laughs> at least on the second team, if not the first. I don't see based him. on his uh, uh, receptions per touchdown ratio from last year, <laughs> if he catches 28 passes, he'll have 12 touchdown passes. <laughs> and if he catches 80, wow. Wow. Right. He'll have a bunch. <laughs> I can't count that high. I just said he was running wild. He was running loose in the orange ball all game on every snap he took. It seemed like I see it happen this year. And he did it in spring 70 game. catches, 70 catches, 30 touchdowns. Bam. Yeah. He's on. He's, he's some Madden numbers there. All right, let's go quickly. Tight end targets. Let's just go tight end catches every year. You think they're going to throw to the tight end more last year. There were 22 catches by tight ends. Walston returns. He's a pretty good tight end. You got um, young guys coming behind him over under tight end catches. Cause I think this is a key in, component of Carolina's offense this year. 25, Greg over under 25 tight end only over because they're going to play more in 12 games. I don't, uh, I don't think that I don't think the approach is going to change whatsoever. Is that valid all around the block? I, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I would also say that what's the over uh, under number now? 25, 25 on the season. 25. If they play 15 uh, games, they've got to be over that. But yeah. Yeah, I would say over two because if you look at the Orange Bowl kind of as another um, indicator without a guy like Deami Brown, he did look for Garrett Walton a lot more. He had four catches for 32 yards. So I think when you don't have Deami and you don't have Daz and you don't have Michael Carter and Javante Williams out of the backfield catching passes, somebody is going to have to catch these passes if. How he's throwing all these, um, all these attempts. So I would say over for for tight ends, and I think Walton could be a good option for this team. 
And I think Kamari Morales, he looked really good in the spring. I think he could be a, a unique tight end that, that Longo hasn't had. So, so maybe he's a, he's a, he's a good player. blocker too. I remember seeing him, uh, down the stretch last year doing some blocking and, and it got in a lot of games just overall. I, I miss the days of Zach Pianato where he was thrown to at least five times on every drive. No, <laughs> we, <laughs> let's move along, move along. We've got a couple other things. One thing that they talked about Javante and Michael Carter was their ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. 64 targets last year, 52 running back catches out of the backfield last year for Sam Howell. Does that increase or decrease this year? And how far does it go down? Uh, Jason, you are very adamant on the YouTube channel that that goes way down. So set me a number that we can look for running back involvement in the passing game. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 45 targets, let's say, or maybe let's say 50 targets and uh, probably 38 catches somewhere in there. Uh, the problem is with two more games, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going off of last year's numbers. So uh, adjust that up for two more games. Uh, you're looking at like 55 targets and probably, you know, 40, 42 catches, something like that, maybe even a little bit less than that. I, I think it's going to be a significant reduction because you got to remember last year, there was a concerted effort to force feed the ball to those two backs every way possible. And if teams are going to load the box against you run, running the ball, then you're going to get the ball to them in the passing game, find ways to get the ball into those guys' hands was the point of emphasis because they're your best players on offense. And that's just not the case this year. I think that's where some of the tight end catches go and all of that. So, you know, something like, you know, 45 or 50 targets and somewhere in the, you know, high thirties or low forties in terms of catches is probably, uh, probably somewhere in there, you know, somewhere in the thirties, maybe catches. I thought they didn't throw to Javante or Carter enough. I thought Howell had them multiple times and did not go to them and maybe ate a sack. And, uh, no, you're, you're right about that, but they still forced it to them in terms of scheme more than they will this year. I mean, that was a point of emphasis. Buck, do the running backs make as big a deal in the, in the passing game as they've had in the past when it's Javante and Carter? You know, I, I could see it going both ways, honestly. Uh, DJ Jones apparently made his high school reputation as being really good receiver out of the backfield. Ty Chandler has done that. Uh, you know, so they got a couple of guys that are, uh, good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, so, you know, and they're also trying to encourage, um, Sam to check it down more. Uh, so, you know, I, I think you could probably end up with something pretty similar on a per game average. Uh, but I can see it going the other way too, like Jason's talking about. Uh, and, and I think that, I think that, uh, probably, uh, depends on where they're having their success. You know, if, um, you know, if, uh, Josh Downs is getting uh, 70 attempts and 30 touchdowns. They may not need to throw it to the back so much. So, uh, yeah, I, and, and, you know, I'd say that facetiously, but you know, that's, that's kind of Longo's motto, right? Is like be water, 
you know, whatever they're, whatever we're doing that's working, you know, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, so who knows it's some, a running back, uh, maybe Caleb hood or Josh Anderson or, uh, one of those guys shocks the world and just looks way better than we imagine. So, uh, we'll, we'll just see, I think we're just going to have to, a lot of aspects about the running game. We're going to have to watch play out on the field. Vip, I'm going to come to you. One thing I remember from Boston College game, I think it was, aside from the tight end that caught everything that went to him, they always seem to have somebody out of the backfield just sitting over there on the corner um, waiting for a pass. But anyway, I, I always think that's a cool outlet for a quarterback, and I don't know if Hal looks for that enough. Vip, are, are the running back involvement here going down? Uh, I mean, you mentioned the Sam Howell show earlier, and I think it's going to be that this year. Um, so running backs yards per game, we've hit that the over under on the, on the carries and, and all that. What about catching the ball out of the backfield? Is this the great disappearing Carolina running back season that we're looking yeah, for? Ov- overall, I'm pretty much just down on the running backs as a whole compared to last year. I think like if anybody is expecting Carolina's running backs to look anything like they did last year, I think you're severely kind of underestimating how special those two were. I mean, they, they averaged like 11 and a half yards per, per catch out of the backfield. And going into training camp, we heard about how much of an effort they were putting in in the offseason to being better receivers out of the backfield. And from the moment they stepped on the field, it was clear that all that work was paying off. So I just don't see the talent in the, in the running back room being close to what it was last year. So that's why I'm saying the, the overall catches and the rushing yards, everything is just going to be down across the board. I think they could still have a good season, but in comparison to last year, I I don't think anything is going to be even close. It's tough to imagine. Uh, I don't think we fully grasp how good Carolina's running backs were last year and the year before. Um, I know I don't. Just looking at the numbers, it's still like, you know, wow. Carter and Javante were really good. And if Carolina fans expect that from this group, it's not fair to this group. Uh, Greg, I know your opinion. We've talked about it. But I want to get your opinion first on total yards per game because this is an interesting thing. Carolina was at what last year? 537. Is that what it was? Yep. And that was a school record. Yep. In 12 games. So maybe potentially three less games than they had this year. I set the over under at total yards per game for this season at 500. Thoughts? I think that's lofty. Um, I think the 2015 team, which was. I mean, before last year was the best offense we'd ever seen. And I think they averaged 486. Um, and they had great running backs, great quarterback, great wide receivers. So I, I'm going to go a little bit below. Um, I do think that Sam Howell is going to have a phenomenal year. Um, he's going to have a lot of passing yards, and that's going to help uh, push that number up. Um, but, but I do have it below 500. Let me, let me add this about the – the running backs, I am I am below on, on those numbers that you, you mentioned. Ty Chandler caught 58 passes at Tennessee. Uh, one of the things that Phil Longo liked about him and one of the reasons North Carolina brought him in the spring 
is they, they feel that he's versatile enough to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so I think that's your saving grace uh, while these young guys come along. But I still think you know, they're going to, as, as Taylor says, it's, it's going to pale compared to what we saw last year. So Barnes is in under 500 yards per game. I'm going to save you for last, Buck. Jason, 500 yards per game. I mean, once upon a time, that was a ridiculous number. <laughs> now it's not really that ridiculous anymore, even for North Carolina. But it is this version, the Sam Howell show, is it over or under in 2021? It's not ridiculous, but I'm going to go with the under as well because it's a really, really tough number to hit over the course of a season. And especially since I, again, I don't have a ton of faith in the overall balance of the offense in terms of the running game. And I think, you know, I think you might see 350 passing yards a game, but you'd need another 150 rushing to still get to 500. And, you know, uh, I don't think you're going to see this team average 200 yards a game on the ground to, to be in that, in that, uh, in that range of, of 500 a game. I think you're looking at somewhere probably in the, in the range of probably 450 to 475 a game is probably the, the range I'd put it in. Taylor, 500 or less or more? I'm going to say less just because it's, it's a really tough group to get into that 500 plus. And like Jason said, I, I just don't see the balance. Um, but when you are looking at just overall team success, I see six power five teams averaged over 500 yards per game. And five of them were in the New York, New Year's six type bowl game. So, and then the sixth team was Ole Miss who just puts up a ton of yards every game, no matter what they're, they're losing 55, 50 sometimes. Um, but I think just looking at this Carolina team, Sam Howell, I think everybody knows he should be awesome. Um, it's just, what's the running game going to do. And I think that kind of, um, lack of balance is going to cause them to be around that like 450 ish mark lack of balance is a little concerning <laughs> on the uh over under wind total that we'll talk about next podcast but buck over under 500 under i'm going to go under too. the for them to go over 500 i think they're going to need sort of a kyle trask year out of sam howell um and, you know, a trash through a trash through for 46 touchdowns last year, um, and 378 yards a game, they won't need quite that much. I think they can get 150 or a little better out of the running game, um, which is still a monumental come down from last year. It was like 230 or whatever. Uh, but you know, unless they, they have that sort of, you know, balance is one thing, but you got to get yards from somewhere and you got to score points somehow. So if they have to throw for 46, I assume that's what they're going to have to do. Um, but yeah, they, they, they would really need a terrific year. Um, a Kyle Trask kind of year, uh, to get over 500 a game. 325, 175 does it. it I don't yeah. know. I, I've, I've, I, I'm a push type person on this just because I think Howell's going to have a, a crazy year. But all right, last question for the day. Uh, for those listening to this podcast, we will be doing a defensive version at some point. Um, so if you have some defense uh, over-unders you want us to talk about, 
shoot them to us either on the message boards or on Twitter or however you want to get them to us. Tommy at Inside Carolina will get them there as well. Uh, Jason Staples, 40 points per game. That's my mark over under. That's uh, that's another really interesting number. I'm just going to take a quick. Carolina scored 500 our... points on the nose last year. That's a pretty cool number. His history here so we got previous record year. was 40.7 in 2015 that's the school record before 2020 so 40.7 they were 41.7 last year i'm gonna go with under i'm gonna go with just slightly under under 41.7 for jason phil i'm gonna say under two but i'm gonna do it for a different reason i think carolina's defense should be drastically better this year so it's it's not going to be always on the offense to put up 40 plus points per game so if if they could find ways to win these low scoring affairs I think Carolina's defense is going to be um, a drastic improvement this year so I don't think they're going to need to get in these shootouts last year where you saw them have to put up I think like 59 56 points to beat a team like Wake Forest I I just don't see that happening this year. Interesting take. Buck Sanders over under 40. Mm, yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with the under as well. And I like uh, Taylor's reason for that better than anybody else's. Uh, I, I do think the defense is going to uh, be a lot better. You know, that they, they gave up uh, 45 to Virginia tech and uh, you know, 53 to wake forest and, uh, you know, so they're still capable. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for that day when Carolina can get through a season without giving up 40 some points, you know, multiple times a season. Um, and, and I think they have a shot at that next year, uh, that they can, uh, you know, have the kind of year where they're not having to score, you know, 45 or uh, 50 points to win a game. So. Uh, now I'll still be happy if they score 56 on Duke or, you know, 62 <laughs> on Miami, that's all good. But, uh, I, I don't think they'll have to score that many points to win. Greg Barnes. I'll let you wrap it on the substance of the podcast over under 40 points per game. I was looking at, uh, last year's, uh, thing They <laughs> they got 56 and then they, Crap the bed at Florida State for 28, but go 48, 41, 56, 59 for Wake Forest. And then, of course, they closed the season uh, short of the Orange Bowl with that performance against Miami. Is it over under 40 here, Greg? Under. Um, and I think Taylor's point is, is right on there that uh, the defense is going to be better. The defense is going to have to be better. They need to be a lot better than they were last year for sure. Uh, but when you're down 21 – in multiple games, then you got to score a lot of points. And that's what we saw last year. I mean, it's what happened in Wake Forest. Uh, and so I think just for that reason, and you're not having Michael Carter and Javante Williams um, is going to change the complexion of the, this offense for sure. And it's going to make Sam Howe maybe not look quite as good because he doesn't have that um, escape valve or valves that he had last year. Uh, and so I don't think this offense is going to be quite as strong as it was a year ago. And therefore I think, uh, they will be scoring under 40 points per game. I, I would like to close a little bit on a high note. 
uh, on as far as the running game is concerned. Um, Bill Conley, uh, Greg's buddy, friend, mentor. Uh, <laughs> it, when he does his returning production, uh, when he's doing his SP plus, what part of the offense gets the least amount of respect in terms of returning production, the running backs, quarterbacks is number one, right? Receivers are number two running backs. Don't get a lot of love in, uh, Conley's SP plus because historically, according to, uh, Conley's data, uh, they have had the least amount of impact, whether you're running backs returning or not. Now, when you got two guys like Carter and Williams, who set the record historically for the most yards rushed for by two running backs, and they only had 12 games to do it in, then that's you know, an outlier, you know, that that's kind of, you can't say it's not going to hurt not to have those guys back, but in terms of offensive production, it's overall impact on the offense. It's one of the least important details, um, uh, for Bill Conley, at least, uh, to have your running backs return for what it's worth. It's a great point there. Um, he, here's what concerns me about the offense this year the orange bowl game and why do i say that because javante and michael carter went absolutely nuts all season long behind the same offensive line that british brooks josh henderson ran behind in the orange bowl and look at the production i feel like in the orange bowl if it had been carter and williams carolina would have beaten texas a&m uh, significantly, but there were so many plays that Carter and Williams make that weren't made in the orange bowl. And my thing this year is watching us. Will those plays be made to keep the chains moving, to keep the offense going. Um, and to that point, I think the defense has to be significantly better as we've said here. And of course that leads me to my out and my segue to our next podcast. When we do it, we'll talk about the defense. And we'll talk about the importance of those guys stepping up and plenty of over-unders for the defense. Buck, Jason, Vip, Greg Barnes, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Um, it's a little bit past our bedtimes, um, but we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So whenever you hear this, if something drastic has changed in the world, know that we did not know it at the time. It's been the Inside Carolina podcast. I've been your host, Tommy Ashley. Like I said, Jason Staples, Buck Sanders, Taylor Vipless, and Greg Barnes. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. Rate us, review us, subscribe, and please support Johnny T-Shirt and the other sponsors. Mm. Jimmy Sue Foods, also a great place to get some food. Man, they'll ship that stuff to oh, your door, yeah. and it's unbelievable. I know that's Vip's go-to as well. Uh, guys, we enjoyed it. We're back on the Inside Carolina podcast next time with the defensive side of the ball. Um, but that'll do it tonight. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? 
This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a dude average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.